Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Hello and welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode to discuss the role that sports sponsorships play for spirits brands and to take a look inside a new NFL sponsorship is Ed Pilkington. Chief Marketing and Innovation Officer for Diageo North America. Ed, cheers, and thank you for so much for joining us. Jim, cheers. Thank you. Great to be here. I want to start out with uh, the big picture as it relates to, to Diageo and, and sports partnerships uh, before we discuss some of those uh, specific uh, relationships that you have with leagues and teams. What does sponsorship accomplish for a spirits company and brands like Smirnoff, Crown Royal, Captain Morgan, Tanqueray, Bailey's? You've got so many in, in the portfolio there. So what are your goals and, and objectives for your partnerships? That's great, Jim. I mean, I think um, so almost we take a step back and we sort of go, what, what's Diageo all about? Our business. So we're in the, yeah, the drinks business, alcoholic drinks. We want people to enjoy drinks responsibly. And our purpose at Diageo is about celebrating celebrating life every day, everywhere, basically. That's what it's about. And, you know, when best done, our brands are enjoyed by families and friends when they get together at those great moments. So, you know, be it Thanksgiving, be it when they're out and about, they're going to meet friends at a bar or a restaurant or going to a sporting event or going to the theatre, whatever it might be. So I think at the heart of that is understanding what is our business all about. Our business is about the celebration of life and our brands being at the heart of people having good times. So that's sort of where we start. If you then go, therefore, you know, when do people have good times and what is it all about? Sport is a huge part of people's lives uh, and understanding, you know, therefore the roles that our brands play in sport is a, is a really big piece, actually, for us. Um, so that's why we want to participate in the right way in sport. You know, we know when people go to games, many people enjoy to have a drink, hopefully responsibly, um, which is what we want. So participating in sport and allowing our brands to be part of that sporting experience, whether it's at a stadium, whether it's in a bar watching it uh, a game near a stadium or just happens to be in a bar watching a game that's just playing wherever around the world or sitting at home with family and friends or whatever it is. So we think there is, there is definitely a role for you know, responsible enjoyment of beverages during sport itself. So that's in one piece. There's a whole piece about enjoyment. Thing piece to link to that really is experience is when you do that, how do you make that just an amazing experience? So that the the eating, the drinking, the participating, the being with friends augments and makes that being at the game or sitting at home watching the game just an overall more memorable and better experience. So there's that piece about, you know, the old 
you remember that game we watched together? It's great. One, the game was amazing, and we did the following. And do you remember we went to that bar afterwards and we did this, etc. So, how do what are we going to do to augment and make the experience better for the of the, the sporting experience? I think that's a another big piece of why we want to get involved because we're also in an experience game. You know, we're about helping to deliver great experiences that allow people to have fun together. So, there's a big big piece about that. And I think the third big pillar as well for sport, why sport is interesting for us, really is is reach. You know, millions of people watch sport. The NFL is, you know, loved by over 100 million people. And, you know, one of the basics of brand building is to get your brand in front of millions of people and to build awareness of your brand. So, you know, sport is an amazing vehicle for us to put our brands in front of many, many consumers to help us to build awareness. So so there's a piece about it's a core celebrating life and what we're all about. It's a big way of us helping to deliver amazing experience and augmenting that sports experience when people come together. And it's a big way of us sort of being able to reach consumers. So that's kind of why we want to participate in sports, I'd say. Oh, that makes sense. And, and I've always said that's one of the nice things about sports or entertainment, these kinds of partnerships is they can achieve multiple objectives, which is uh, certainly when you're looking at, at cost efficiency and things like that, it's nice to have uh, things in the arsenal that, uh, that do more than accomplish more than one goal, right? I saw an interview with you not too long ago, and it was not about a sports partnership, but it was about a very successful partnership you had for, for Johnny Walker with, uh, with HBO and, and Game of Thrones. And you mentioned in that case that that was in, in part about seeking borrowed equity. Obviously, there was you know, great interest and, and affinity for, for Game of Thrones. Does that concept of, of borrowed affinity also apply to, to sports sponsorships as well? Yeah, no, totally it does. I mean, yeah, the, the Game of Thrones sponsorship was us being able to leverage and kind of be a little bit on the back of what was an amazing franchise at the start of the final series. So it was amazing. And then bringing what we also knew was a strong brand in Johnny Walker together. So you've got that hopefully symbiotic, nice relationship where you've got two strong brands working together. So hopefully it's mutually beneficial. You kind of want it to be mutually beneficial. But yeah, totally. And the, and the other big one I think I talked about on Game of Thrones was embedding brands in culture. And, you know, the best brands, and especially in our industry, are brands that are really built in culture and know how to know how to play and win in culture. It's not forcing yourself into culture, but knowing understand how to show up in the right area of culture. You know, so whether that is sport, music, entertainment, you know, who who is seen drinking and enjoying your brand and, and where they're seen drinking it, all that sort of stuff, all that sort of matters and counts. So, yeah, Game of Thrones, I think, was a really great partnership for us because it really allowed us to sort of work together with an amazing franchise and it did a great job for Johnny Walker because it actually helped to put Johnny Walker into very relevant in terms of in culture mm. so therefore if you yeah you flick that into sport to your point you know us being able to work with the NFL and leverage what is clearly a hugely powerful brand and a hugely powerful franchise is extremely important and the reason you partner with them and you know, you pay the sponsorship monies to people like the, the NFL is the ability to also have the NFL logo associated your, with your brand is extremely important. So we value that enormously. They've done a brilliant job of building that brand over the uh, the last 60 or so years and, and very, you know, hugely successfully. And we wanted to be a part of that because, so yes, we want to be part of their brand. There's a bit of borrowed equity and the culture piece. There is a massive culture around football that we want to be part of, you know. 
And I want to drill down a little bit into that NFL partnership and talk about some of the activations that uh, you have done and maybe some some that are coming up. But before we get there, you know, we talk about objectives and, and, and all of the things we want these partnerships to do. One of the things that I've always been interested in is then, then how do we measure it and figure out if it's actually achieved the goals that it was supposed to. And, and Diageo is well known as being a very data-driven marketer. And does that apply also when evaluating the success of sponsorships? I think the first thing is we set a bit of a long-term vision. It always starts with, you know, what's the, what's the current objective of this partnership? So back to NFL, it would be, you know, the opportunity for our brands to participate on multiple occasions around, you know, the biggest sporting events and occasions across this country. So there's a big piece about that. And what does that look like? Then you get into the detail of what that looks like, you know, the numbers of games, the numbers of occasions you've got, how our brands could show up. And it's also the scale of the, the partnership, the ability for us to take that partnership, the, you know, the NFL logo at a basic level and leverage that across this country at scale. So you then think about what does that mean? You know, how many events can you show up at? How many, you know, at retail level, how many displays can you show up and how many places can you you know communicate that to consumers so when we look at it we absolutely look at what we can do to you know to, to leverage a big partnership like that at multiple levels from you know communication so you know the advertising we want to do in and around games the experiences we can do in stadia and around stadia the work we can do with our retail partners in the on-premise and the off-premise so in bars and retail in you know, in liquor stores or where we can do it, grocery stores, et cetera. All of that, you look at all of that and you kind of get into detail, you put KPIs around that, you add that up. Hopefully it also looks at, therefore, hopefully you can sell more because of this. You know, so we put metrics around that. And then you look at engagement metrics. So, you know, what are we going to do in terms of affinity? I, know I mentioned earlier the reach piece. If you want the ability for us to just land a message with so many more consumers. So again, you'll put metrics around the ability to hit consumers, messaging, you know, extend our, you know, and ultimately that comes into brand equity. So the whole load of stuff. So yeah, around each of our partnerships, we have very clear metrics, which, you know, tend to be about reach, engagement, effectiveness of our, uh, of our programming. And ultimately, are we driving, uh, driving sales as well? So we are, are we growing our net sales and ultimately our profitability as well? And obviously within all of that, we look at our mix and what we need to invest to do that, et cetera. So, you know, how it fits into our overall P&L. So now we've got lots of data. We have great, I've got a great measurement and evaluation team they uh, they pull together a very dedicated team and they did a lot of work so any deal we're doing we really work out what we think the uh, the payback's going to be we look at the ROI on it all and sort of do that work before we uh, before we sign any deal that's for sure I, I think it's it, it, it's great too that you know, you really are looking at all of the different levels of that you know the classic purchase funnel right everything from from awareness down down to sales and and that you can kind of connect the dots uh, at all at all of those different levels. It's, it's pretty- yeah. And I think the other big one as well, I think, and, and specifically if you take the NFL, I'd, I'd love to talk a bit about the MLS partnership we have as well because yeah. it's really important to us actually, and um, had slightly different objectives actually. But the other big piece with the NFL was, and, and the reason the NFL ultimately were keen to partner with us, is, is about the, the core messaging that you want to land. So one, there's a bit about on the brands, and then there's also sort of almost like the, the broader responsibility message that we want to land. So when we first started advertising in NFL games two or three years ago, we're just by buying spots in games, you know, and having had that conversation with the NFL this is before we did the, the deal this, this year, you know, we wanted to, a big part of, of our agenda is around responsible drinking and what we call positive drinking. Uh, and it's a big part of what we call our Society 2030 goals, because we generally believe we want people to enjoy our brands, but to enjoy alcohol responsibly. And we think that people do that. Back to 
what I said about our purpose, celebrating life, people can hopefully celebrate life and do it responsibly. So, and that's, you know, at the league level, and as, as we talked about, that's, that's a fairly new, fairly new deal started at the beginning of this season. And, and I definitely had seen what, uh, what, what Crown Royal had done around, around the kickoff and, and some of that messaging. So a couple of things with the NFL, and I definitely want to talk about MLS as well. What was there, was there something in particular, because as you said, you had started the advertising a, a few years ago. You also had, I think about a dozen or so uh, partnerships with, with teams and, and, and stadiums. So was there something that really kind of tipped it over to saying, you know, we, we really want to expand this and, and have that relationship with the league and have access to the shield and, and all of that? I think we felt really good about what we were doing. So we, the ability to land the message on water break at scale was great. So by advertising during NFL games, that was great. That was effective. But again, we kind of wanted to take that message and do even more of it. Similarly, the 12 or so partnerships we had on the ground with different um, different teams were very effective, but we wanted to scale that even more. So we felt that actually what would be good would be able to make it broader. And actually, interestingly, what we learned from the MLS was we had like the MLS partnership, which is at a, a broad national level, which gave us an ability to talk about soccer and you know the, the game in general and just to reach lots of consumers at a national level. But we also had like nine, uh, nine teams on the ground, which allowed us in core geographies to really activate in stadia with the, with those fans to engage with those fans and to engage you know, around the city so literally you know you do your comms that can be tailored locally around the local team you can do stuff on the ground we feel is a really effective way so the nfl having done that we thought it would just be great to have the ability to have the shield have the ability to activate at scale not just in 12 teams we extended it out to about 17 now uh, so we've got 17 teams which we partner with so we can kind of go national we can be we can activate in 50 states which is amazing We've got 17 teams in what we're probably about, you know, obviously the cover teams in the same same city, but we've got, you know, so we, uh, you know, we can really manage it really well like that. And that's what, that's what it's allowed us to do. It just gives us more scale, basically. So let's, let, let's talk a little bit more about the, the MLS and, and, and the kind of the, the difference there and, and, and how that partnership kind of uh, came, came to be and the, the kind of the origin story, if you will. So we were talking to the MLS and we were looking at doing some stuff with, actually originally with Don Julio, actually, linking into actually games between the US and Mexico and the whole connection there. And we sort of went, this is interesting, but it was like, maybe this isn't quite right. Not this wrong for Don Julio necessarily. But actually what was interesting for us with the MLS was it was an emerging sport. Obviously it's been, you know, the MLS has been around for what, 25, 26 years now. So I think we're heading into the 26th season. But an emerging emerging sport in some respects is still in this country. You've sure. got the 2026 World Cup. So really building to that. Huge growth sports. And the numbers of big players that are coming through you know, both men and women, and also the interesting dynamic as well. So, of course, you know, skewing heavily Hispanic, Latinx as well, huge followership in terms of women as well. And we looked at some of our brands, and specifically brands like Captain Morgan. And we said, we're Captain, where do we want to take Captain? And Captain, we want Captain to be in culture. It's always been almost a competitor to beer in many, many respects. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a fun brand to be enjoyed with friends on fun occasions. And we've got other brands in that space. So we just saw a fit and we also wanted to kind of recruit a new generation of consumers into Captain Morgan. Uh, and we felt that the opportunity to get a new generation of consumers kind of fitted with the profile of the MLS, which skews slightly younger, skews, it's multicultural, it's a little bit more female. So we saw that obvious fit. So, you know, so we really tied up, we're really in it for the long term, we're building towards the World Cup and beyond. We're not sponsoring the World Cup to be clear, but we're talking about soccer in this country as it grows. We want to be part of that. And it's different from clearly because 
they've got less eyeballs on TV. So whilst it's growing, which is brilliant, you know, it's less of a, a media deal because we get less eyeballs. But our ability to be part of the, the fan groups, to be part of the experience of the stadium, to be part to be able to talk around it has been been fantastic actually. So we feel feel really good about it. And they've been brilliant partners as well. So well and as you mentioned too, you you are, for lack of a better term, a house of brands with uh, so many different brands. And, and obviously, you've got the ability to really kind of segment and, and put certain brands in, into certain partnerships. It, just from a from a kind of a structural and operational standpoint, is that all, are the decisions made at kind of the corporate level to, to go into these partnerships and then bringing the brands in or, or are there kind of, you know, brand managers at, at brands who can, who can do deals on their own? How does that all work? I think in, in the old days, it was a little bit of brand by brand and sort of local teams. And that's not wrong, but we've tried to pull it together and get a little bit more strategic on it. So there are lots of deals, which are great deals. We had lots of local team deals across a variety of different sports where, you know, the brand we're probably working with, you know, the local partner, our local distributor, and we do a deal. What we try to do is take a step back and say across specifically three or four of our big brands so notably crown captain smirnoff and actually guinness to the partnership we've got them with notre dame and the alumni at notre dame right. you know, we want these brands to be participating in sport they're big brands if we're going to do it we want to do it with a degree of scale and we want to reach x consumers so if it's crown it's millions of consumers across the country if it's captain it's millions of consumers and we want to reach a new generation of consumers mm-hmm. if it's guinness we want to you know, reach that broad sway of the consumers who kind of love the brand, but remind them of it on a more regular basis, which is why. And obviously, you've got the fit there, the Notre Dame fit between, you know, the fighting Irish and kind of the drinking Irish or whatever you want to call it. So uh, kind of worked work really well. So, yeah, so we, we wanted to take a step back. Look, we had, we had a look at every deal we had, try to get more focused around. We want to really do well in football, MLS, and, and the specific deal we've got with Notre Dame and the alumni there. We have still got lots of specific local deals in different places, which we'll keep if it's in strongholds for certain brands. But we've sort of, we've tried to pull it together and centralize it a little bit. Brands will absolutely recommend partnerships and we'll look at, which is which is interesting. And they'll say, where, where do we want to take the brand? And we've also brought in resource as well internally to help to manage sports. So within our, we have a, a culture team, as we call it, a brands and culture team. And they manage a lot of our partnerships. We work with great people like Wasserman as well. And they manage the partnerships and pull it together. We have a head of sports marketing who, again, works with the brand teams to coordinate it. So it's a bit of both. The brands absolutely should be, they run their brands. They should be recommending what they do. You know, on Crown at the moment, we're looking at um, getting into the WNBA as well, for example. That's an exciting opportunity for us because in terms of how we broaden the brand out. So we're very, you know, we very much look at, and then we'll work with the central team. So it's got to be a bit of both. You need a bit of central coordination. Business our size, you've got to have that. And then I'll work with the brand. So on the NFL deal, we, you know, we we were interested in doing it. We talked to the NFL. We brought the core brands in. We had some central coordination with a core team of people working on it. They fed into the brand. We agreed which brands were going to be the lead brands, which was Crown, Captain the Smirnoff. But we engaged across because more brands will get involved over time. You know, we're doing stuff with, you know, with Johnny Walker, with Aviation Gin, stuff like that. So, you know, brands like that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it all comes together quite nicely in the end. Just the last thing that, that I want to ask you about, because we have a lot of folks who listen and, and watch the podcast who are involved in hospitality, uh, sweet sales, those kinds of things at stadiums and arenas. And you know, as a marketer whose products are, are, are sold, obviously, at, uh, in, those, in those venues and at, at those events, I'd love to get your perspective on where kind of the value 
where you see the value lying there? Is it in, in kind of branded spaces and, and lounges? Is it just you know the ability to be part of that hospitality experience for the premium seats and, and uh, suite holders and, and things like that? Or is it more about, uh, again, the, the reach and, and, and reaching everyone that's coming in, you know, the, the tens of thousands of people that might be in a, in a stadium or, or arena? It's, a bit, it's a, a bit of all of the above, I'd say. There's a bit of, you know, having branded spaces in the right locations are great um, because you can reach a lot of people and a lot of people can just get visibility of your brand. So that's the first piece. Now, you tend to get the same people coming in and out, but that's good. That's repeat messaging. So that's good. Second piece is just delivering great experiences. So when people go to those bars, give them a, you know, give them one of our brands, which candidly, beautifully served, tastes great. You know, so... You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna get a smell off mule somewhere, it's, it's brilliantly served. You get a crown and cola, it's brilliantly served, so etc. So give them a great experience and hopefully make that experience, you know, memorable. So people go and remember that it was part of a great experience that they had at the stadium. Hopefully they enjoyed the game. So we really want, yes, it's it's visibility and awareness for our brands. It's an ability to deliver a great experience for people to enjoy our brands. That's really what we want. So and look, and then there's a commercial element to it as well. It helps, you know. Yeah, it's not going to transform the business, but it's useful. It's a nice commercial element for us and being there. And we would obviously rather if people are having a, choosing to drink a, you know, a whiskey or a vodka spirit cocktail, we'd rather they chose our brands clearly. So it's being there. But that's really what we, what we look at, look, look to, you know, but being part of the experience is a, is a, is a big piece of it. Well, Ed, you know, there's there's a, probably a lot more that we we could explore, and maybe we'll get to do it again. But you know, I think that was that's a kind of a, a great overview of your perspective and then Diageo's perspective on on sponsorships, doing some some exciting things, and and uh, I'm sure there's there's more coming, and and we'll keep an eye on on that. So certainly will be. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for enjoying it. Enjoy the session. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and listening. And please join us again for the next episode in the All Access interview series.